Greetings, creeps, and welcome to Horror Girl Problems, the podcast slash videocast. Thanks for listening, Mom and Nephew Noah. Today, we have an extra delightful, delovely, delicious treat in store for you. We're going to be chatting with Corinna Faith, writer and director of the new movie, The Power, now streaming on Shudder. If you guys have not checked this one out yet, please do not sleep on this. It is creepy, atmospheric, claustrophobic. I'm just going to say it, it scared the shit out of me. Rose Williams is amazing in this, and I am now officially a bona fide Corinna Faith fan. That is quite enough from me. I'm going to go ahead and let Corinna tell you about her new movie. Hello, Corinna Faith. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Hello. You're so Writer, welcome. Director. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, writer-director of The Power. Yeah, indeed. Um, that shit was scary. <laughs> like, <laughs> good. So well done. It's, it's, it's always weird to kind of go, oh, good, thank you. I'm so pleased I scared you. I never really know how to feel about that. But. <laughs> That's a good thing, right? Because I feel yeah. like horror and comedy are both two things where it's like, I, I have a certain objective. I want to make you feel a certain way. You don't know if it's going to land until the audience watches. It. It's so true. Yeah. So true. And I haven't known either. So, I mean, it's amazing that it, it does seem to be landing for, for some people. That's a fantastic. I think for a lot of people, I've seen a lot of buzz about this in the last week over Twitter. And I feel like people are kind of like pretty excited about it and like singing its praises. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I'm just really, really pleased that um, the kind of everything we were trying to get in there mostly seems to have come through because again, that's not something you can really know until you've got an audience and we didn't have an audience because of COVID. We didn't have test screenings um, and we haven't been at festivals. So really um everyone out there has been our first audience and not we haven't been able to predict the response at all so it's just great that the themes seem to be kind of getting through to people absolutely and that's also that has to be kind of scary for you right you don't get to test it it's just like released out into the world and now it is yeah. what it is you don't yeah, get to take it really back weird. and be like oh you know yeah, what let me rework yeah. something <laughs> yeah I know I know I mean there's a limit to what we could have done since we're a tiny low budget production but it would have been great to have known beforehand just for my sanity that the scary bits were in the right places mm-hmm. and you know they were cut the right way and they were kind of roughly working and so we just had to kind of go oh okay this is what I think and yeah and go with that no, 100% landed. So I don't want to give anything away, but uh, can you want to tell us a little bit about what, what it's about and what inspired it? It's about um, a young nurse who arrives at a hospital full of optimism and pride because she's overcome what we sense is a difficult background to get there. Um, quickly, she makes a mistake and accidentally falls out with a very powerful matron who pops her onto um, the dark shift, which is her worst nightmare because she's scared of the dark for reasons we later find out. Um, and then it's also over one night, uh, a haunting unfolds um, and she's taken onto this very intense journey, which is essentially into her own past. Um, And it was inspired by um, stories that were coming out in the news at the time when I was looking for a ghost story to write, like six years ago. 
my previous feature film, which was going to be my first one, didn't happen. So I was quite like, oh, okay, what do I do now? Um, I think I'm going to stay in the horror field because it had reached out to people, the previous script, and they they seemed to connect with it. So I thought, okay, it's probably a good direction. Um, but it was quite hard to find the steam to to do another project because it was just it had been quite a long road and then it didn't happen so uh, and then these stories were coming out um about massive huge colossal cover-ups of institutional abuse in this country um and there was a kind of a wave of them really um and I was so upset um just devastated really thinking about particularly children that have been lost in this situation and it all been covered up and they've been demonized and been told that they were lying um and that was like a big enough thing for me to go actually I'm so angry about this and so sad about it that I can write something scary about this mm-hmm. um and so that gave me the time frame as well because that was when a lot of those particular stories were um about that point in time um and then I came across images of the blackouts which I didn't actually know that much about um and there was this one particular image of this girl holding um a lamp while she was just being a secretary just typing away at her desk but just in complete darkness and it was such an interesting combination of elements um and it looks so gothic and so Victorian and so kind of like classic ghost story territory that I thought, oh, that's such a perfect setting for this story about institutions and power abuse. Um, and it all kind of collided and off I went. I love that you, the way that you describe that photo, because that's the way that the movie feels. So that's, it's kind of cool. yeah, right. your inspiration and that's what you yeah. felt. And then you make yeah. the movie definitely feels like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I quite often start with an image um, and there was a couple of images in my mind for this and I just build on that exactly. So that's good that it feels like that. Uh, absolutely. Um, there's like, oh God, this the the visuals are gorgeous. Like the cinematography is amazing in this. and But there's just so many parts where it's like impossibly dark and it's like immediately becomes like very claustrophobic and you can like hear like the lantern not just the lantern swinging and like the little rusty hinges of it you can hear like the gas on like hissing on the lantern and it's just complete darkness and you just have the lantern and her face is illuminated and then she's kind of just like moving through the abyss but you're very much there with her and it's it's very effectively freaking terrifying yeah I mean well that was real in a way because um, what my biggest objective was to try and find somewhere we could film where that had a genuine sense of atmosphere and try to get that through the camera somehow Um, and those spaces were colossal and real and there was no power in the hospital for real so we we just had our generator Um, so if you went away from the crew, you were in, in a really dark place really quickly. Oh, and it, we didn't have to manufacture darkness if we were shooting at night. If you turned the lights off, it was literally pitch black. So, um, yeah, it was it was just a matter of trying to kind of convey that and making sure that um, we filmed it in the right way to, to get that atmosphere. And the gas lanterns sound is real as well. And they are actually really noisy and they were the bane of the sound department's oh, life. God. Oh, like, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in the in this VIX, we were forever trying to kind of get the right ones to blend over because some oh, of no. the lamps are like electrical kind of pretend ones and some of them are the real ones. So 
Yeah. Oh, they they did a good job of layering it all together yeah. in the end. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, it was a pain in the ass for them, but it, in the end, it works out really well. They, they were sympathetic. They knew what we were trying to do. They could see it look good, so they went along with it. <laughs> There's so many layers to the to the just the sound, not even the music, but just like the sound effects. There's just like I said, her breathing, and then there's like whispers being intermingled with music coming in, but you don't even necessarily realize that it's music. I think at first, it's just mm-hmm. just all of it, just yeah. very creepy dread. I mean, that was a close collaboration between um, Joachim Sundstrom, the sound designer, and the composers Max Wardner and um, Elizabeth Bernholz, aka Gazelle Twin. Um, and in a horror, there's quite often a fine line between score and sound design. Um, and there is actually quite a crossover between his sound design and their work anyway, because they're both electronic artists. So um, that was just a real joy, that whole process and and the way they were able to use each other's material to, to build up these layers. Um, and yeah, quite often Joachim was bringing in whispery kind of quite deep thick um atmos into spaces where there wasn't score as well so there's there's always something a bit uncanny going on sound wise it almost reminds me it doesn't sound similar in the style at all but a kind of like goblin minus like the heavy synthesizers yeah. and stuff but just like the incorporation <laughs> of like the whispering yeah. and you're like is that part of yeah the, yeah yeah like- <laughs> yeah yeah definitely no i love i love goblin um yeah that was definitely an inspiration in there i mean it's not as kind of um uh, like poppy and musical right. as, as their work but yeah definitely the the kind of just the raw um tingly fear of the human voice yeah. and what you can do with that and and Elizabeth it's her voice um all the oh, way wow. through whenever you can hear a voice it's her voice and sometimes it's altered sometimes it's it's as she's singing but she's got an amazing voice she's an amazing singer so we had this incredible resource of her voice um and I really wanted a female voice in the score to kind of tie the themes together yeah. um so yeah the whispery stuff is her as well I re-watched it a second time but I had headphones in <laughs> How was that? When the whispering scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. She does some pretty mean, scary voices, that yeah. Elizabeth. There was yeah. a point where I was like, oh God, like I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the mix is really good like that. She's behind me, isn't she? I like didn't even want to turn her. <laughs> don't turn around yeah. and stare straight ahead. Yeah, well, that was great. <laughs> Um, I also, I loved, loved, loved Rose Williams in this. Like she mm-hmm. was incredible and she's such like a cool mix of, you kind of just fall in love with her immediately because you can tell she just, she genuinely, she just wants to do good and she's so positive and sweet. Um, but she's also very strong and kind of a badass. And I feel like that's kind of a hard duality to, to walk that mm-hmm. line and be so fully both of those things. So that's compliments mm, so to writing, directing, and her performance. Yeah, no, so true. I mean, that is exactly what I was looking for in in the actor, um, what you've just described, and in the casting process, that's what we were thinking about. There is something of a reality to in Rose uh, with those things. She is incredibly empathetic, incredibly warm. And uh, as soon as I saw her little casting tape, the kind of, the warmth that she managed to get through her in her lines in just a few seconds, I was like, well, that really feels different and, and feels so connective um, in just a really humanly instinctive way. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But she, 
she's such a kind of hardworking, experienced actor, and she has been from a young age. And I think she's got, um, she's like no pushover. You know, she's really, she's super cool and really bright. And I think she does encompass a lot of those things. And mm-hmm. and the kind of, you know, anger that I think a lot of uh, women walk around with about the kind of issues we were talking about. And she was just really willing and happy to go to those places and think about those things. And um, yeah. She conveys a lot um, using very little, which I know is not an easy thing to do. And very early on, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, oh gosh, I really, I really like her. I'm going to be very pissed if something bad happens to this yeah. character. Yeah. I'm going to be <laughs> That's angry. That's exactly what I wanted because, because <laughs> yeah. it's such a crazy time frame because it's just one night and we have barely anything to set her up. Um, and we hint her a backstory, but you pretty much got to go through the whole film, the majority of the film to understand what that is and to get any sympathy for her from that. Mm-hmm. So we needed, um, a performer who, like you say, just provokes a real kind of connection and an empathy that so you can get behind her really fast. Um, and who that, that wasn't kind of nice in a in that way that I likable in that way that right. I always find really irritating description <laughs> of female characters. Just <laughs> she has, their eyes. Yeah, <laughs> she's got something. She's definitely got stuff going on in there. I think we can feel hopefully. Yes, absolutely. All of that was conveyed and just like such mm. a fan of her. <laughs> yeah, also, she's awesome. Uh, not to like give anything away, but the physicality, mm. like there's a, a scene in particular where I'm like, how do you even direct that? Like, are you like, uh, just be a little bit more like dislocate your left shoulder a little more? Like what? <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I know. So that scene is, I mean, that's what I mean about Rose that like how much guts does it take to perform that scene? And, mm-hmm. and actually in the casting process, that was the other question that I wanted to answer. Cause I could see she had all the pathos in the world um, but I just want to know whether she could push herself in a in a um, possession scene, essentially, without it being awful for her and humiliating, embarrassing. And but no, she just wanted to go there in the story. And and we, it's a scene that we, um, she and I, and um, a stunt coordinator spent a couple of days thinking about and uh, working out shapes. Um, that are kind of all shapes that are like the idea of responding to an attack, but then you take the attacker away and kind of what's left behind is what she was doing. Um, Sorry, this is a bit spoiler, but I can't really talk about it without (laughs) (laughs) implying some of this. It's quite hard. Um, And she then uh, learned it and rehearsed it. And so it was more like a piece of choreography by the time she Mm -hmm. came to the set. So she was just able to perform it. Um, and then there was a couple of final takes where she just really went for it. And, and there's nothing that's not real. It's none of it's enhanced. It's all literally what her body did and how far she pushed herself. She was okay. She didn't hurt herself, but, <laughs> but it was, it was really quite scary to watch, to be honest, because she really. Is she a dancer at all? Like, does she have a dance background? Yeah, she's good at dancing. Okay. Um, yeah, she's really good at dancing and she, um, she knew what to do. Yeah. Because there are certain parts where it's like you said, you're you're just you're removing the attacker, and now the choreography is performed by one person. But there are certain parts where I was like, is there maybe somebody like a green screen suit that's like working with her on certain parts just because of like 
how violently she can move her body. There were certain parts where I'm like, that looks like maybe somebody actually did have to like, like do like a tug or something, but that's just her. That's insane. No, I know she did it all herself and she did all the stunts where you can see her in the shot. She did them all herself as well. Um, So yeah, she was incredible. Um, And so prepared to um, push herself to her limits physically. So she really is just all around badass. She's total (laughs) badass, yeah, and lovely to boot. So she's like, you know. The perfect Val. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She basically embodies it. Yeah. I feel like like you must have met her and you're like, holy shit, like that's, this is her, like that's Val. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I knew that we were going to get on really well and that she wanted something out of the process as well because it was a chance to kind of just do something completely different and break out of any box that might be, heading towards her, you know, any kind of um, assumptions about what kind of um, acting she might uh, settle on. She's done such a range now, and this is kind of like literally the polar opposite of anything else she's done. So yeah. it's great. Well, I hope she does more horror because I really enjoyed watching her in this. She's she great. does like it, and <laughs> okay. yeah, she's really good at it. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask her about that one, but <laughs> okay. she definitely loves it. Awesome. Um, there's a lot of symbolism layered in here, but it's not, it, it's done in a way where it doesn't like hit you over the head with it. It's like these subtle, like kind of just nuanced things coming in, building up to like this finale at the end. Um, I mean, even the title is not necessarily just what you would think it is going into it. And there's also these really cool shots. Um, that it looks almost like a double exposure, but it's just using uh, like reflections and windows and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then as it's revealed later on, you realize there's a lot of symbolism there. So I thought that was really cool elements that you were bringing in all along the way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's the joy of um, films for me, that that putting things into the different layers and having a visual language running at the same time as the scripted language. And then obviously you've got the kind of language of the the score and the sound design as well. that was just so fun and we didn't have a high budget but we but you always have that you always have the ability to kind of make something from your image and put something in your frame that's telling your story alongside it doesn't have to be something really expensive or complicated um but I knew that I wanted to do everything in camera and I knew this was about the themes were about um foul seeing herself and not seeing herself and people seeing the the ghost in the story and not seeing it. And so mirrors and reflective surfaces and like you say, where it kind of builds to visually in the end um, were really key to me. And the um, art department had a little trolley, which I carried everything around on. And we had several mirrors of the trolley and whenever we could, they would just pop one up and we would try and constantly get that kind of stuff into the frame. So I'm, I'm thrilled that, you noticed it all and that it worked. Yeah, it was, and it was gorgeous. I mean, it was obviously, it, it was part of the storytelling as well. Like there were reasons for it. It wasn't just like, oh, this is a pretty shot. So we'll throw it in there. (laughs) It's like pushing the story along and you understand it Mm -hmm. later, but it's also gorgeous. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. you just have a really cool style. Thank you. I mean, I think um, reflective surfaces are unnerving as well, aren't they? And obviously they're nearly always a mirror in a horror film for good reason. There's something (laughs) just innately scary about being able to see something around you. Um, 
but but they're also um yeah just that that you might see something before the character does or that you'd sense a movement but actually it's it's not a scary thing but you still kind of feel movement around you it's just really simple um little things that I think are unnerving for us as viewers um and that felt like a good thing to put in to a situation where we couldn't afford tons of effects I didn't want lots of effects anyway but um mm. But they weren't available. Had had we wanted them, <laughs> they would not have been available. <laughs> so, well, we didn't want those anyway. <laughs> yeah, we didn't want them anyway. <laughs> I love that you keep referring to it as like low budget because I'm like, I to me, it didn't look low budget at all. I watch a lot of low budget stuff. I enjoy it as well. Yeah. But and you, you can usually tell. I'm like, okay, it's low budget, but I like it. This doesn't feel low budget yeah. at all. Well, you are a massive horror fan, and many horror films are made on low budgets and lower. I imagine much lower. Um, so that's true. I mean, this sits in a tradition of very, very inventive filmmaking that often doesn't have very much money, usually doesn't have very much money. Right. Um, <laughs> in the kind of grand scheme of of UK films, it, it's low budget. Yeah. Um, but I, I hear you. I know what you mean. And and that's what is lovely about working in the horror space, I think, is, is just really there is a tradition of being incredibly inventive, isn't there? There is. You got to be plucky, you know. You got to figure shit out. Yeah, yeah. But this yeah, is very which polished. Is much more fun. Yeah. Good. <laughs> entirely polished. And you're like I said, your style is just very cool. And I'm just, like so excited to see what else you do because I I'm I am now a fan of your directing and writing. Oh, thank <laughs> you. That means a lot. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else you would like to share with us in Ooh. particular? Um. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going with the flow. Um, I don't think specifically anything, no. Um, no. No. Final thing that you've missed no. out is no, I mean there's nothing that I don't I must think I feel it's important to convey that you haven't I mean feel free to ask any other questions, but we haven't missed anything that seems important. Okay. Did you have any like favorite moments from set or anything? Any weird anecdotes? Um, I have a, a moment um, which was kind of, could have made me really unpopular, but because my crew was so amazing, um, they completely got what I was talking about, which was on our scant resources, as before mentioned. Um, <laughs> we were spending quite a lot of money on um, the the decorating of the set because that's, a large part of what we could do was control the colors of things and um the wonderful um design team had spent a long time painting this huge ward yellow um and I came in and I and my heart just sunk and I was like oh god it's not the, it's the wrong yellow it's the wrong oh, yellow no. oh no how do I say this <laughs> because I had agreed the sample we, we'd looked at the sample on the wall but you know but we I just came in it was like walking into a sunflower or a mm-hmm. dandelion or something just really kind of warm and okay um and incredibly reflective and um so I was like I'm really sorry <laughs> please can we change the color and then them a bunch of them and uh the line producer and one of the producers Rob Watson all stayed over the whole weekend before the shoot when we started on Monday repainted the entire ward oh wow um, a slightly more 
um oppressive and scary shade of uh-huh. yellow which I was grateful <laughs> for for the rest of the shoot because I kept looking around we shot so much in that space going oh thank god it's the right yellow yeah yeah I'm glad that you actually were like, no, this isn't right. Because like, how how terrible would it have been if you're like, well, I feel bad saying that. But then that's like changes the whole look. <laughs> I know, but but that's a kind of, yeah, that's a girl problem that it's important not to have, isn't it? Like, it really like, oh, is. No, I really don't want to say this, but I'm going <laughs> to have to say it. <laughs> as you're telling this story, I'm like, fuck, this is ties in with the themes of the movie as a whole. It's like, well, do I just I like quietly be like, okay, thank you? Or do I be like, no, know, it's not exactly. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely ties into the female voice mm-hmm. experience. But look, you use your voice and it's better for it, I'm sure, because I feel like you would have been so unhappy during the editing and trying to like do color correction or something. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been just like a fucking nightmare. Oh, no, it would have been terrible. And my production designer absolutely agreed. She was like, I know it's the wrong one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine in the end. See, at least yeah. also when you're working with a team and you all have the same vision, it's like at least you all know that it's like it's not it's not what we're going for. Yeah. Know? And we were really setting our bar high for each other. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a really, really supportive environment and really lovely crew. So um, that's what you can do when you're all kind of in it together and and being lovely to each other. And being lovely to each other. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note, we'll end it there. Thanks, <laughs> that's, that's a nice closer. Oh, um, tell us Angel. where we can find you. Um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Do you mean? Is that what you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Social, yeah. Twitter. Instagram, yeah, whatever. yeah. I mean, I've actually, um, I'm not on social media, but I have, I am now for okay. the, the film as of the last couple of weeks <laughs> I'm now on Twitter I was like but Corinna marketing Pace. insisted that I am now <laughs> no they actually said do whatever you like but I thought <laughs> oh I should I want to get out and see what people are saying and connect yeah. with people if if they've connected with it so I'm going to do it um so yes at Corinna Faith on Twitter but I'm not on Instagram okay <laughs> I could only handle one nothing against Instagram I was just like oh, one is gonna be enough you picked the right one yeah. I feel like I was late to the cool. Twitter game and I was like oh my god this is where I should have been all along <laughs> <laughs> oh good I'm glad to say that I have no yeah. idea <laughs> you, you you chose wisely <laughs> that was random but good <laughs> yeah. okay and uh the power is now streaming on shutter it's beautiful it's haunting it's fucking scary so go check it out watch it with the headphones on i would suggest that because that was a a, a new experience for the second watch nice (laughs) all right thank you so much corinna (laughs) thank you and there you have it thank you again to corinna faith for joining us today and mark my words do it grab a sharpie mark it down right here and now mark my words corinna faith is going to be a name to follow her style is so fucking cool and i can't wait to see what else she does And in other exciting news, Joe Bob returns tomorrow, which of course I'm super stoked for, and the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, Sunday night, I'm hosting the pre-show. Pre-show is going to be on Instagram Live. Come hang out, say hello, there's a lot of cool people dropping in, and of course the main event streaming live on Shudder Sunday night. I am personally just buzzing with excitement until late Sunday night, at which point I'm sure I would just like crash and sleep for three days, but... Sunday night. See you there. Can't wait. So check out The Power on Shudder if you haven't already. I'll see you around Twitter on Friday night for Joe Bob, and I'll catch you all Sunday night for the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards pre-show. And of course, I'll be watching the actual live show right alongside with y'all. 
All right, that's all I got. I'll catch you next week for some more spooky shit.